0: I'm Luke.
1: And I'm Jason.
0: We're the guys from that film, Stew. And this is our latest review Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1.
1: Directed by Christopher McQuarrie, Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1 is the spy action film starring Tom Cruise. It is a sequel to Mission Impossible Fallout from 2018. And it's the seventh installment in the Mission Impossible film series. The movie is in cinemas now, but if you haven't watched Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1 yet, and you want to, go watch it first before listening to our full review. We will be talking spoilers.
0: Before we get into it, make sure you subscribe and download this podcast on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, wherever you can find us, and feel free to leave us a review.
1: And follow us on social media. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as that Film Stew Podcast.
0: So, Jason, what is Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1 about?
1: Oh man, that title. All right. It Ethan is a long Hunt. title. <laughs> <laughs> Ethan Hunt, uh, once again played by Tom Cruise and his IMF team, embark on their most dangerous mission yet to track down a terrifying new weapon that threatens all of humanity before it falls into the wrong hands. With control of the future and the fate of the world at stake, The dark forces from Ethan's past closing in. A deadly race around the globe begins. And I just realized as I'm reading that, that doesn't really tell you what the movie is about at all. It kind of just sounds like every Mission Impossible movie or spy type of film. Sounds like a Bond movie. You know, like it's... (sighs) There you go.
0: Well, people have seen it. Hopefully. We did give this a little warning. If people are listening, they have seen it. This movie, I have been waiting patiently for you to get to the movies and watch this film. And I know things have been getting in the way, but I was there here in Australia. It was released on a Saturday, which I don't know the last time that happened. Saturday, the 8th of July. That's when it opened. The first showing at the cinema was 1045. I was there. I was really looking forward to watching this movie, and I was there. And since me watching it again, things have got in the way. I went to the Barbie premiere. You went to the Oppenheimer premiere. So things have been getting in the way. But we're finally here. We can I talk about it. I watched it. <laughs> you got <laughs> you got it done, and we have reviewed Mission Impossible films before on the podcast. The first one we did was Rogue Nation, and then we did Fallout. And now we're doing this one. And I know we both had a good time with those two movies. Um, The franchise on the whole, everybody likes to point to the uh, the second one, because that's the one where one of these things is not like the other. But they were doing something interesting with that first one, Brian De Palma, John Woo with the second one, and then, of course, J.J. Abrams with the third one. But originally, until Christopher Quarry came along, it was going to be a different director with their own particular style or spin on what a Mission Impossible film could be. Uh, but now we're very much with Tom Cruise, christopher Macquarie watching their films but mission impossible as a franchise i love it
1: <laughs> i mean the trajectory of just uh and it's completely subjective but just better with every i mean besides the the dip of number two as you mentioned but besides that little hiccup the trajectory just better every movie every single time um and like the box office returns as well, climbing, climbing, climbing. Like these movies are. This is a. This franchise is, a studio's dream. They. This is. This is. This is great. Um. And look, Tom Cruise. You know, like he knows. I think he knows what the people want. Like um, a whole bunch of his recent, you know, like blockbuster type films, critical ratings, things like that. You know, like uh, Top Gun, Maverick you know like dude bonkers people loved it and it made money
0: so just yeah, absolutely. you know like he's
1: we know he's the man that does you know he he likes to do the stunts you know as much as as much as he can you know like crazy ridiculous stunts um and in these in these mission impossible movies at least like the recent ones anyway it's it's sort of like well what's the next stupid thing that he is he going to do next you know like flying over like hanging off the side of a of a plane in this one, you know, like the motorbike, the motorbike jump—that's the—that's the big money shot that you know the marketing has been pulling us into, and absolutely, and not just. just watch this movie. And you're, you're waiting yeah. for it. You're just waiting for it. When? When's it coming? What's the context? What's
0: going? Oh, on? we'll it's get like, to it. We'll get to it. Yeah. I mean, we'd seen the making ofs because they put them out as, and that's the thing. Do the marketing, are like doing different things in you, right? They heavily marketed the move, this movie, around the motorbike scene, but. They were just putting out trailers. Like, I think, what was it? I think it was um, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse went to watch out the movies. Instead of them showing a trailer for this movie, they showed a behind the scenes of that stunt. And, and that's and that that's what these movies are. I mean, the story's there, the performance is there, but it's the stunts. There's so many action movies. You, know, you mentioned Bond already, and then whether we get another Bond movie, I don't know. But so many action films, spy films, the stunts—that's what sets these movies apart. And it was Ghost Protocol with the stunt in Dubai. Oh, I guess the yeah the building. I forget what it's good, but the uh, but that was the building, <laughs> the something Khalifa. But that was it. That was the that was the turning point. Like for Tom Cruise, and he said in interviews, like, "This is it. This is what." Mission Impossible can do to set itself apart from other action films and it absolutely does like you know you almost feel like as you're watching it on the big screen that if you lean forward you almost feel like you could fall like just fall forward like flatten your face because mm. just you're seeing it you you your brain knows that you're really seeing it like the opening of rogue nation is on the outside of the plane And just the way that it looks, you can't fake that. You can't green screen that. I mean, yes, they used VFX to remove the harness because, you know, he's outgoing, he's adventurous, but he's not a lunatic. (laughs) Like, he needs some kind of safety measures when he's on the outside (laughs) of the plane. But VFX removed the harness. But when you're watching it, the way that, you know, half the screen is the plane pulling up and the ground's pushing down, it's incredible. It never, never gets gets old. So yeah, so that's it. That's what sets these films apart.
1: One of the most recent, you know, like, big action films with, you know, lots of stunts and action and car chases and crazy things, you know, Fast X, you know, the Fast and Furious franchise has, you know, like, they, they are now bombastic action set pieces. Like, you know, that's half the reason you go. But I mean, like, watching something like that and and you know, just being like, I can see, I can see the CGI. I can see the visual effects, the green screen. I can see through all of this, re- like this creation that they've put on screen. Watching this movie, I'm like, this just looks real. And almost like it was so hard to fault bits. Like, of course, I know there are bits and pieces there where it's like you know effects have been used and and all that. But it's just like there's just something about, even though this movie goes big. And there's crazy shit happening. It's still just like, it's not showy. It's like it. It just feels like we have just done this. We haven't gone. I mean, the end sequence with like the whole with the train, like I mean that is ridiculous. Yeah, like, it is insane. <laughs> but at the same time, I'm like, I bloody feel like I'm in that train and I'm absolutely
0: myself. Like it, it, it did. Like,
1: how are they pulling us off?
0: Yeah, I mean, it did feel a little bit like. A video game, you know, where you keep getting to the next stage or the next level. But it was great. <laughs> so, like, you know, one cap, they're just, they survived one comparison. carriage. I have with Uncharted. I think the second one. Uncharted, yeah. Yeah. And, my, my thoughts yeah. went to
1: The Lost World, though, in the, uh, literally, like they're in a trailer. And, yeah. You know, like the hanging, and there's you know, like the, what is it, the satellite phone or something is about to fall. In this movie, it's a piano. That's like, I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm getting those vibes. I've seen this movie the before. The comparison is
0: there. But you, you've got to think, like, at this point, I mean, how many films have come before this movie and how many course, video yeah. games? Are so you going to get things that are similar? But it got put to Christopher Macquarie about that st- uh, the train scene and he hasn't played the video game. He hasn't seen the video game. But maybe <laughs> other people working on the movie have. But that was a great, yeah, so many great sequences in this movie. But what's really surprised me about it, and this is from listening to a new official Mission Impossible podcast. It's called Light the Fuse. The first episode, Tom Cruise and Kristen McQuarrie are on it. The second episode is Simon Pegg. I believe the third episode is Haley Atwell. Really enjoying it so far. But they really like talking about behind the scenes and they give spoiler warnings because they're talking about things that have happened in this movie. But just the the approach to making these movies that has been in place since the first one Macquarie worked on, he wasn't the director of. So that would have been, what's that maybe Rogue Nation? Not Rogue Nation. It would have been Ghost Protocol. I think that would have been the one. But basically... And especially now, they don't actually shoot. They don't have a finished script. They just don't have one. They've got the stunts and the set pieces, but they're basically just chopping and changing character motivations, plot points on the day. And that's and it, that just blows my mind. And that's and that's how they're making these films where they just feel so structured, so set in stone, because you're following the breadcrumbs and. It all fits. It all tracks.
1: So it's like the end piece is something well put together and cohesive. But I mean, at the same time, when you're watching this, it's hectic. Like there's so many twists, turns, you know, like you don't trust any character. You don't know what's going on. Then there's character reveals. Some Suddenly someone pulls off a face and it's like, oh, oh you're yeah, that person, you know, like, probably seen more of that, you know, in, in previous movies, but you know what I mean? Like, there's so many different things, is and you know there's things playing out on screen. Then you realise, oh, that was just like an imaginary sort of flash forward kind of telling of some sort. And it's like, oh, then that didn't actually happen. You know, it's all these things going on. Just yeah,
0: it's really it's
1: really but cool. Guess, but the, like you said, cohesive. It, it just works. How the,
0: how <laughs> the Elena character played by Vanessa Kirby and wow, she's great. She she was great before, and she's really great in this one as well. But originally she wasn't going to be the daughter of max who is the character who was played by vanessa redgrave in the first movie but they changed it on the day the relationship between elena and ethan was going to be completely different to what they ended up going with it's the approach to it is that what's going to benefit the story and when it comes to characters motivations it's a case of well what's going to benefit the actor and the and the character, it's just, honestly, I I, yeah. I can't get over it because, again, like, everything just seems so tight. It's like the meticulous have worked on it for the longest time. It's like, right, we have finally got it perfect. But then in reality, they're just chopping and changing as they go.
1: Yeah, like, again, you'd think it's something that was, like, everything's ultimately completely pre-planned to an extent and then, you know, across the course, by the end of it, they're working to to just make things cohesive, but again, just to to know that it, it's all just pretty much a lot of it just on the spot, thinking on their feet, being like, okay, how do we better these characters or make things more impactful on a personal level, give depth to things? Like, it's that is pretty bonkers. Amongst it really Everything is. else. Absolutely. I imagine all of the stunts, though, very heavily pre-planned, meticulously to a T, to pull them off. I don't think they're winging those. Will be the, <laughs> Something. the motor.
0: that would all be dead. The motorbike stunt for them to build the ramp. That of course they removed for the purpose of the of the film. To get to the top of the mountain, they could only do it by air, and it took two months to build the ramp. To then, of course, have the ramp digitally removed. You no, know, I was incredible. Completely
1: forgot. Now that you're saying, that, I completely forgot there was a ramp because I'm, I'm thinking, oh yeah, I remember the behind scenes footage, and there is a ramp. When I was watching this movie, I dead it was like, I was like, man, it must have been really dangerous for him to even just ride up that rocky, you know, bumpy little cliff. I was like, damn, he's really getting it. Done. That's how real this shit looked. Because <laughs> I'm just telling him, I'm like, this is real. This is all yeah. happening.
0: You know, and, it's uh, it's the little details. So we, be- Haley Atwell as grace now what a fantastic addition to this cast we've seen her before peggy carter the marvel movies she's done other things but we all know her as peggy <laughs> Carter. Other things. and and now this wow what a great addition and you know you're saying how it just seems real and the big things obviously you know they've got the stunts the building ramps removing certain things with vfx But little things like, so when Ethan and Grace first meet at the airport and they're doing the exchange with the key. The little magic tricks. Magic trick. That's what you see in the film. When Ethan successfully does the magic trick, Tom Cruise was, he was really doing it. I'm not saying he's a magician, but there was a trick that he was pulling (laughs) off. So despite numerous failed takes, the desired effect was ultimately achieved in camera with little to no visual effects. That was him.
1: So on screen, they're actually pulling off sleight of hand. That performance is is that sly magician kind of.
0: That's it. You know.
1: In that podcast. That's
0: I was talking about, like Cruz says, that he was actually getting quite frustrated because they had a big day ahead of them. They had so much more to get to, but he had to get it right. And they did. And that's what <laughs> you, you know, see I was just film. really impressed. Seeing, like, there's a
1: scene towards the end, like when they're on the train and Hayley Atwell, she's holding the key and she's kind of like flickering it between her fingers. And I was just watching that and I'm like, that's really impressive, <laughs> but I guess there's so many other crazy bonkers stuff that they're actually doing that is way more impressive than that. But, but again, I was like, though, I do that? That's, that must have taken like some practice.
0: <laughs> it's the small things, small things like that. It's like, just
1: those little things,
0: yeah, complement the bigger things.
1: Because again, it's that it's that level of realism that it's just. But again, like amongst all of that, there's this huge, yeah, this over overall plot. You know, like this insane, larger-than-life, you know, world-ending, complete threatening uh, threat, which is this AI system, which is the, I suppose, the big bad of this film and, I guess, part two when it eventually arrives. Very timely um, thematically as well with, you know, with, with things going on. AI is sort of, you know, whether it's chat GBT or, you know, like just, you know, recreating voices or images and, and things like that of, of things from the past or, or you know new you know potentially pretty scary stuff self-driving cars things like that like where could we go this is a yeah this movie sort of presenting something and it's yeah it's pretty intense and again so I, i'm watching this and i'm like you know m- much like any other sort of you know big modern spy action flick or whatever whether it's a Bond film or a Fast and Furious film or something you're watching it and just like well you know obviously this story is insane it's ridiculous but then I'm also sitting there and I'm like is it though I'm like this could be something that could be really you know very real going all the way back to you know watching like you know the Terminator films it's like oh yeah well this shit is crazy but could happen (laughs) you know there's a sense of genuine sci-fi fear of like yeah Yeah. this could be a real threat
0: and that's the thing you're right it it does feel like sci-fi but at the same time yeah could happen you know they have you mentioned self-driving cars is that good gag we've got simon Pegg back once again and he's been with the franchise since mission impossible 3 he's back as benji and He's got that gag where he's in the self driving car and he puts his seatbelt on. Good choice. <laughs> because the AI is going crazy. Yeah.
1: That's it. He's like, yeah, I don't trust that. But he's still I like willing
0: that. to it was do
1: it. You know, yeah. in these in these mission movies, uh, you, know, you know, ever since you know Simon Pegg came on board and you know, we've got the Benji character, a lot of the a lot of the humor, you know, comes from him playing sort of the comic relief kind of kind of role. And you know, Simon Pegg obviously quite a funny guy so you get a lot of that through his character whether it's actually doing something you know or performing something you know like quite goofy like or you know just being that guy where it's just like he fears the situation and he's like no this isn't like we shouldn't be doing this this is dumb this is stupid so there's a lot of humor there with him you get that again here but what I noticed in this one is that there's quite a lot of other humor and comedic moments with other characters especially with Tom Cruise with Ethan Hunt um the the whole sequence with the the yellow little yellow fiat like just that you know driving around rome and the, you know like with the handcuff situation and you drive i drive switching back and forth like the terror on Haley atwell's face and the, like i don't know i just found myself just laughing just like more than i, I think i ever have in a in a mission impossible movie
0: and it's really fun. But again,
1: not in a silly, not in a crazy way where it's like, oh, this yes. is like breaking tone. It's I'm like, this fits because it's just silly, but...
0: But it's been there, though. What you're talking about has been there. Like, I can't say it's been there going all the way back to the first one, but if you think back to Ghost Protocol, and there's that, that stunt where Ethan needs to mount a wall and he's laying on top, and he signals to his team... That he's made it on top of the wall, and it's his big action set piece, and the camera zooms in on Cruz and he says, Umpty Dumpty sat on the wall.
1: <laughs>
0: it's you know, a bit of a like a silly throwaway line. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But there's <laughs> been bits of humor. So we've come to expect that more and more from Cruz, like in the middle of these epic stunts, we're getting humor. Like when I mean Benji pretty much is a human sat nav. That's his role, GPS. Yeah. Turn left, turn right, straight ahead, and then in a previous movie, he didn't realize because he was looking at the map in two D, and that Ethan was actually in a tall building. He's like, just jump, and he had to jump out of a window. So there's humor that's coming from that. That might have even been Fallout. It's hard to keep track. I did a full rewatch, but
1: getting into in in watching this one, like their little moments or a part of a sequence, where it's like this movie seemed to have like extended periods of just like this these comedic situations that were unfolding so that i just felt like there was more to it but again it this isn't a negative anyway like i enjoy this i liked it and it wasn't to the extent of hey now we're doing a comedy film it was like no no it wasn't that it was just it's still very serious and the the high octane still there and the, the threat and all of that but it's just it's just the ridiculousness of the circumstance and it's just there's a lot of humor within that and I just enjoyed it. So I agree. Like, even yeah. like, again, I agree. going yeah. back to the, when we're on the train and you know, like they're on the, they're in the kitchen, like carriage and I'm just looking at things and I'm just like, oh my God, there's just so many hazards. There's oil, <laughs> there's like, <laughs> yeah, this, yeah. that's falling, there's sharp, I'm like, holy. And I just felt myself just laughing and being like, this is unreal. Like it's not unreal, but like just insane, just insanity. I'm like, this is hectic. I love it
0: tell you ving rames luther you know ving rames and tom cruise are the only two that have been in every single mission movie
1: that would that would be right eh? yeah
0: every single one and he wears great hats he looks great in a hat <laughs> <laughs> seems to change his hat from film to film but um
1: that's his thing it's his style it
0: he pulls it off, but he goes away and he's like, "I need to leave. I need to be off the grid. I need to go analog." And that's the whole thing, you know, with the with the AI. And we knew going in, this movie was going to be part one, and we've seen that recently with Fast X. You know, we know Quite a lot actually. We know that's getting yeah. a part two uh, across the Spider Verse. We're going to get part two with Beyond the Spider Verse. Those two films, more so, Fast X. We got to the end, and I'm like what where's the where's the rest of the movie this film i'm pretty sure it's the longest runtime of any mission movie two hours 45 when you get to the end credits i didn't feel cheated at all but i was ready for part two we've only got a year to wait oh
1: 100 yeah no there's a difference between there's a difference with you know like oh i'm left definitely wanting the next chapter wanting more can't wait for what's next but also feeling like okay this is a contained story like at least what this part was about the the best comparison is sort of like Avengers Infinity War right you've got the story there was Thanos collecting the Infinity Stones will he do it by the end of that movie it was like yes yes he did do it damn it set the pieces for what was to come next but that story of him collecting them done with this movie it's you know like who's going to end up with the complete set of keys and then we get that, and it's sort of like, cool, we've set up for, all right, what is the threat coming up? It's still sort of a little bit unknown, not exactly quite clear, but it still gets you excited enough. But the story of tracking down the key, getting the key to the right person, making sure it's not in the, in the wrong hands or like who's going to end up with the key, that's all contained in this movie. Done. Happy. All these other part one, part two films that we've been getting this year and even when did Dune come out? Like... It's Even across the Spider of it, as much as I'm like, that was a fantastic movie, I couldn't help but just feel at like the end of it, it just ended. And I'm like, it's a cliffhanger. It wasn't a complete story. I'm That's the not difference. Really sure. like, that is yeah. the
0: difference. And Cruise was certain from the get-go, knowing this was going to be part one of two, he didn't want to cheat the audience, and he didn't yeah. want to leave it on a cliffhanger. And And you're right, because although... I mean, the movie starts with a submarine, ends with a submarine. There's still the story moving forward, but you don't feel cheered. You feel like you've yeah. watched a film and you're going to watch another film that just happens to be called Part Two. It was definitely the right way to go. Because again, like, I mean, I could have just stayed and watched more more film i was having an absolute blast
1: like it it's it's a long movie like it's it's like two hours 45 and didn't feel it we've watched plenty of movies that are you know that or even longer where we're sitting there it's just like okay this is this is painful to sit i mean i didn't check the time at any point um i mean i could sort of feel that i was like okay we're we're clearly in the third act this is wrapping up at some point but you're right. Like I could have given me another hour or two. Like damn, I would have been happy. I would be content. Oh yeah, I so could have stayed.
0: Quite, just keep going. Stayed and watch more. You know, we should probably talk about Henry Cherney back as Eugene Kittridge. He's not been in a mission film since the first one in '96. It was. I so was trying to work great. out. I was
1: like, has he popped up again? But I guess that answer. Not at all.
0: No, not has at it all. Really
1: been not since the first one. That is insane.
0: the first one only, and then he's back with this. And they do a thing where. They, they they, mirror their interactions. Back to that first one with him in the restaurant, he's got the chewing gum, he puts it on the glass, it explodes. Great scene from that first film. Mm-hmm. And their dialogue is very similar in this, when they're having that first interaction to that first movie, mm-hmm. which I um, thought was pretty cool. But he's really good and it's familiar because so many characters have come and gone. I mean, God knows what's happening with Jamie Renner's character, Brent. I mean, he's still alive. <laughs> Maybe he's going to come back at some point, but we get some other new faces in here. And as I'm watching it, the beginning of the movie, and you've got that meeting with heads of the community representing NRO, JSOC, DIA, NSA, and then you're looking at one of the guys, it's like, hang on, it's a League of Gentlemen, it's Mark Gatiss. What's he doing in here? You know the League of Gentlemen, and he's done like he played Sherlock's brother in the UK Sherlock, uh, mm. Sherlock TV series. But I thought oh, that's pretty fun. It reminded me—I'm oh, blanking on the names, English comedian. He popped up in the opening of Dying of the Day. Is in the show Outnumbered. You know, I'm talking about Hugh Dennis. Hugh Dennis. Right. Like, it just I- often throws me when you're watching these big Hollywood movies, and then for like a scene or two. A British comedian will just pop up, but anyway, I was watching this movie in the opening. I'm like, "Why is Mark Gaitis here?" <laughs> Happy to see him, but I just didn't expect to see him.
1: You know that scene, that scene where where you've got all the, you know, all those guys like just sort of chatting. You know, this is all before the opening credits and everything. This is all just like playing out, and you're not really, you're not really, unsure, you're not really sure what's actually happening. But they're talking about you know the AI thing and the threat and pretty much setting things up. I mean, I'm sitting there and I'm, I'll admit at this point in time. I was like, I'm getting weird vibes because I'm like, the dialogue's so hokey. It's 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 sort of just all over the place, a little bit dry, a little bit hollow. You know, Carrie Ewell's is, I don't know, what he's just doing his thing. And I'm like, he just sounds creepy as he does. But I'm just like, oh, I'm not sure about this. Have they dropped the ball? And then suddenly by the end of it, I was just like, you know what? No, they've just ramped it up. They've just made me excited because they're talking so passionately.
0: Yeah, and it it works. By the, the end help- of
1: the scene, I was like,
0: yeah and it leads to the opening title sequence 28 minutes into the movie until you get the opening titles
1: yeah you know what i love about the opening credits of these movies it always just makes me it it feels like a tv show but like in the most exciting way possible so it's opening credits you get to see snippets of things that have happened before things that are going to happen in this movie that haven't happened yet it highlights it showcases the characters and the actors that we've got i like it and obviously we get you know like the traditional mission impossible theme music
0: absolutely like, you know, like the fuse yeah, it's good it's so cool and honestly like for me i didn't watch the show in the 60s i didn't oh, yeah yeah no idea. i started <laughs> it, you know with the 96 movie that's where i started but it's easy to forget that it did start as a TV show. And you're right. I'm glad that they use the opening title sequence because it does feel like a TV show on a much bigger scale. Mm. Yeah, it works really well. You know, I mean, I've just been talking about the fact that Mark Gatiss is in this movie. And what I should have been doing is talking about Rebecca Ferguson. Why are we not talking (laughs) about her? She's back once again as... I do you love declared her. Declared
1: a love for her a few years
0: back. Um, <laughs> yeah, a couple of times. And
1: look, I get it. I get it,
0: man. She's back as Elsa Faust, a disavowed MI6 agent who first allied with Hunt's team during Rogue Nation. She was back in Fallout. The trailers we'd seen for this, we got to see her in the desert with an eye patch. And I thought going in, well, shit's going to go down and the movie's going to, before it ends, She's going to be injured. She's going to have an eye patch. Whereas, no, it was strategy. Like when, you know, in the desert and she's using the rifle. And, yeah, I thought that was
1: better than blinking. That was excellent. Yeah, I thought that was
0: excellent. But you've got to have, there's got to be consequences. There's got to be a threat loss of life. And I honestly thought it was going to be Benji, you know, with the bomb, he ended up not being armed. And I thought we could have seen the last of Simon Pegg in this movie, but it ends up being Elsa. She, she dies and not fake dies. She's, she's dead. Like she has, I mean, then again, who knows? But as far as this film is concerned, <laughs> it's the last we are going to see of Rebecca Ferguson but she was great, just like everybody else. Like Everybody's working so well together in this movie. I mean, it's such a solid cast. Like Everybody's doing such a good job. Um, Esai Morales mean, as the, the villain, Gabriel. And with him, mm-hmm. something I've never thought about. Because, you know, you've got Ethan Hunt, super spy, And you kind of think, well, that's who he is, and that's who he's always been. But then you find out he knew Gabriel in another life, a life that he had prior to becoming an IMF agent. And he was given a choice, just like Grace is given a choice in this movie, like, hey, you really messed up things. And you're either going to be locked up for a very long time, or you can use your particular set of skills and fight for the good guys i'm like i never thought about it i never thought i wonder what ethan did before imf here we are seven films in and he's got a whole history we didn't know about it doesn't feel like it was just made up and shoehorned in because it was just never touched on it was his characters always been in the yeah. moment
1: like as i like how you, you address the it's it didn't feel shoehorned like. Cause look it's been a it's been a minute since i've watched all of these movies so i mean i was watching it and i'm like are we watching flashbacks and i wasn't sure and i was like is this stuff that we've that was addressed previously because it felt so organic and natural and it just fitted and i felt like i was watching just sort of not retread but like yeah i thought we were just addressing previous backstory that we've already said. And I was like, no, this is all it's music. all new. But it, it, it yes. just felt so natural. Like it fits. Cool. <laughs> what they're doing in this movie, it's like in in so many other films, we've seen things like that. Retcons, shoehorning, you know, backstories or stories. like Fast and Furious.
0: Characters. All of a exactly. sudden Dom's got a brother, John Cena. You're like,
1: what? <laughs> or you know, like there's in the most recent one, there's you know, Jason Momoa plays the son of that one character that was there That in that other In movie, number five, yeah. He was there the whole time, and now he's back You just never saw him. And it.
0: And now Jason Momoa is the Joker, essentially, yeah. I mean, it's a yeah. Whole...
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's great, it's great. yeah. I loved him in that movie. I know, I know, it's fun. Was, yeah,
0: yeah. But yeah, but well, to your um, point, yeah, this is a, it's a very different thing. And again, it's going back to, like, it's just so well-crafted. Just and again, fun. yeah, the day of... Okay, so what we we're going to do, we're not going to do. We're going to do this thing instead. It's like I mean, maybe that's what really, I mean, obviously it's working for these mission movies. But why' the twists and turns that you don't see coming because neither did they until they decided on the day <laughs> everybody's it works
1: on their toes. yeah everyone's got to <laughs> but it time.
0: absolutely works. But yes, yeah, so he' getting, you know, more into his backstory. And I like what they did where they didn't. A load of money at it to de age crews, they just had him in shadow and filmed it from behind, you know, like they used to (laughs) do. Yeah, yeah,
1: it was easier that way. I'm sure you look, I'm sure they did makeup and stuff, they probably, yeah, exactly. Maybe
0: something practical, yeah. They would have, and to be honest,
1: like we're talking, I think only just now, only just is he starting to age a little bit, and that is in no way saying he's in his
0: his 60s, yeah.
1: I mean, look, he's done so well. Only now, I think he started to crack, <laughs> and the you age know, is
0: he's happening. He is older in this film than John Voigt was in that first Mission movie.
1: Oh, I see that's <laughs> it's weird like, when you look at things like that. Like, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It's but it's but it's, but it's good though. But you know what? He, you're right. He is. This yeah. is the movie where he's starting <laughs> to look older, but showing no signs. Of slowing down. I mean, this movie, the action sequences, you know, from starting in the Arabian Desert, and then you've got the motorcycle stunt, you've got the train sequence. I mean, all of that.
1: I mean, look, you go into a Tom Cruise action movie, especially Mission Impossible movie, you're like, you know, look, at some point, Tom Cruise is going to be running. He's going to be jumping. He's going to be riding a motorcycle. And in this movie, it has all of that. And it has him jumping on a motorcycle. Like, it's. With the running, right? Like, he we've is Hollywood, man. Like, he is the last of that breed.
0: Absolutely. Now, I agree completely. Yeah, and I will tell anyone that will listen. <laughs> he's definitely, <laughs> for me, it's like uh, one of the last movie stars. Like, you know, whether mm. it's, you know, a top gun movie, which again, like Mission, is a known IP, but even movies like Edge of Tomorrow, like is making really interesting big movies where you can say, Look, it's a new Tom Cruise movie, and it still gets people to want to watch that movie. It still I mean, means
1: something. And it's not just like, oh, there's there's that actor that washed up star doing something else
0: again. Or oh, yeah. His last it's few movies weren't that like A great. movie it's- starring that guy that was in a Marvel film. Like, do you know what I mean? It's it's a different kind of thing. Like, that's what people yeah, refer sure. to now. It's oh, he did a comic book movie or this type of movie where is no, no, no. This is Tom Cruise. Everybody knows Tom Cruise, and he it can still it can still oh, open, that guy from open Tropic movies. Thunder*. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh man, he's amazing <laughs> in that. He is so amazing. Is that the weirdest what one to was... go to though. <laughs> <laughs> well, i was going to say that with the running so when you see him running in this movie right and this has come from interviews with him so you will see him and he runs a long distance but what you've got to take into consideration that's potentially one of 10 goes of that scene that he's done it's <laughs> not just running once okay we got it he's going again like again the motorcycle stunt when he went over for that first time and then everyone's tense, like holding their breath, like waiting for him to pull the parachute. And Cruz gets up and he's like, "Do you know what? I'm going to do it again. And I think I can hold on to the the bike handles longer before they can go. Okay, let's go again." And you're like, "Oh my god, that sequence! Cool, like,
1: right? I can make a different face.
0: I can make <laughs> yeah. a different face while <laughs> falling. Yeah. Oh, I'm like, that sequence, and it's it's big and it's polished." I mean, essentially, you know, they've got cameras on him, they've got cameras on the bike, and the bike's crashing down below. And then the crew would then have to go and recover the cameras to see how much of the footage had survived the crash. So, again, it's, it's crazy, you know, what they were doing for those <laughs> yeah. for those stunts. But, oh, man, it really is is incredible. I was going somewhere with with that. So he's doing – where is he going with that? So he's doing the stunts, he's going over and over. I did have a point that I was going to make. I think I've lost it. it works really hard. I don't know. <laughs> it works really hard. I did definitely have some that, that I was going with that. I'll,
1: I'll I'll say this. Another thing that I like about this movie, um, and I, again, I, I like these recent Mission Impossible movies as well, like they're not silly when it comes to like these human characters doing things. Obviously, they're they're skilled and they can do things and different sorts of stunts, but they ground it as much as possible without making it dull and boring. So, you know, like when when there's hand-to-hand combat, if one of them gets hit, and th- this includes Ethan Hunt, when Tom Cruise gets hit, he'll fall over and he'll be like, ow, like, I'm like, I'm struggling. He comes through the train window on that parachute and he is he is frazzled for like a minute or so. He's yeah, like, true. no 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 yep. no I need I need a minute to recover because I just flew through a window on a moving train. Like, um, um, give me a sec that, oh, that sequence in the alleyway with Pom Clemente and you know, like that other guy. Oh, there. wow. It's she's so incredible. Narrow. she's oh, incredible. She's incredible.
0: Like, oh, I, I, I can't honestly, like every time she's on screen, I mean, she is incredible. And do you know what? mainly no dialogue and of course a character does speak but she's like a silent assassin she's got like the harlequin makeup oh she is absolutely fantastic but, in this. That,
1: but that that sequence in that in that narrow alley where, where it's just again it's just you know it's sort of like he's in another movie it would have been he would have been scaling that wall or he would have just jumped over that fence or that gate but it was like he tried to get over the gate the guy grabbed him he pulls him down he's like, damn. Yeah. He's trying to get past him. He can't because there's someone in the way It's too, you know, he gets knocked into the wall. He has, he needs a moment to sort of re, you know, configure himself. And even the other guys like knocks him into a wall. I mean, yeah, like probably someone else would have probably just died instantly, but I mean, it's still a movie. So a little bit of suspension, but knocks him into a wall. That guy is like, he's down for a few minutes. And then he's taken on, you know, Pom and, you know, Paris, which you call her. But then, in that time, the guy's recovered and he's back up, and it's like, uh, and then he knocks, you know, Paris into the into the wall, and she's, she's out, like she's out. She's still conscious, but she's she's like, nope, done. Uh, it's just, it's just it's real. so shit good, like that. But I'm like, it what you would change is yeah. the feel of the the movie, the fight, and all the action. It's like, oh, there's something, like, yeah, it's not showy. It's not like it's oh, not, the big but action. they
0: superhero. They are still silly though. Like they are oh, so silly. I mean, when, whenever a character says what IMF actually stands for, the other person will laugh. Like Impossible Mission Force is oh yeah, like it's, it's hilarious. It, yeah, it's a... And it's <laughs> it's the movie where they wear rubber masks to disguise themselves as other people. Yeah, I've remembered where I was going from the whole. I've remembered the, the motorbike, the stunt, and all of that. See, it's big and it's polished and it looks amazing. But then it will cut to like one of the bits of footage they have where you're hearing just the whirling of the wind like mm-hmm. and it feels a bit more like guerrilla filmmaking it feels like they've dropped on cruise they've dropped a camera it's spinning around and then they're just taking out the footage and when it just cuts from this super big picture polished stunt and then it's like close-ups on him and you hear just the sound of the wind like you would hear if you're really there so something like that it puts that. you there it puts you it's in it. yeah. it's 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 just it's raw it feels like raw footage and it, mm. you're right it puts you in the moment like you feel or it sounds like you're free falling with ethan hunt in that moment oh man it's incredible and, and
1: even in with those particular shots where you've got him really there you know not no longer falling but i mean he's, he's he's going he's descending but he's got the parachute or whatever and you've got the shot of his face like in a different movie you've got your your star your action hero and because it's a cgi background or a green screen or whatever and they're in that stunt they would you know they would put on the the you know let's call it the superhero face where it's like i'm the action star and this isn't phasing me this is all good very stern natural confident face you look at the shot of tom cruise's face when he's when he's doing the the things coming down even though he's got the parachute out he's still making a face that he's like i'm not quite sure about this like um, because it's I mean, real it's a man- he's really
0: doing it because it's really falling. They're like, filming really him. In. They're really filming yeah. him free falling. He really pulls the shoe. That's all real. Yeah. And just on that, like he's not doing the superhero face. But what they're doing that you wouldn't get with green screen. The way that the the speed that he's free falling, uh, the the air hitting his. Chin, oh yeah, 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 yeah. It's not a flattering look, but it's what you would look like. And that's what yeah. I love about it. It's not being vain about it. Like, of course, he wants his hair to look good and everything else. And it does. Like, he's always got good hair in these movies. Well, in general, to be honest. (laughs) Cruz always has good hair even in Mission he's 2.
1: Happy, he's happy to be in that moment and be like, well, this but, is what you know." be like. That's and it.
0: It's, that's it. It's and and I like, honestly, when you've got him in interviews and he's talking about his love of cinema and this guy loves cinema and you've probably seen the clips, he loves popcorn too. <laughs> movies, popcorn, popcorn movies. That's become a bit of a thing. I think that's the new crew jumping on the couch. <laughs> him just talking about how much he loves popcorn. Sitting but on the really, couch eating popcorn, there we go. <laughs> he really loves cinema. Like, he really does. And And again, like, he's, his approach to making these movies, just like with Chris McQuarrie, it's like what's in best service of the film, best service of the characters, what's going to best serve the actor. It's not a case of what needs to happen for Tom Cruise to look really good in this movie. And, you know, granted, yeah. he does a lot of the time, but that's not what it's about. It's it's always been an ensemble. You know, all these movies, he's the star, but it's him And everybody else,
1: yeah. I mean, look at the end of it. He's still, especially this movie, like he he's surrounded himself by, you know, like these beautiful, gorgeous women, and you know, like they're and they're talented through the roof in their own right. But I mean, look, it's still, it's still a, it's still a beautiful movie. It's still spick shiny, you know. Like again, gorgeous ladies, you know, great talent behind, you know, like the. All the other characters that are there, action sequences, it looks good. It's well polished. It looks clean. It really but then does. And there's yeah. still that grit of realness that just makes it feel like something different. It just feels like something that yeah that I haven't seen in a in an action film. A big blockbuster action film for well, probably since the last mission possible <laughs> yeah, movie, to be since honest. Like,
0: you know, there's I mean, there's a character moment in this and it's all around like grace. Like, is she going to join IMF? And she's mm-hmm. afraid. And of course, you know, you would be because she kind of feels like she's got, this is the better of the two options, but it's not ideal for her. She'd much rather just, you know, go and live her when life. When do
1: I get back to my life? Like when does exactly that happen? right happen? It's like, didn't have one. <laughs>
0: she, but she's afraid of something going wrong. Like, and Ethan can't promise that nothing's going to happen to her, but what he can promise is that he will value her life above his own. And he's always done that. Like he's always valued his team. And Luther even says that, you know, what happened before happened because he valued Luther over the world. Like he didn't want anything to happen to his team, his family, his friends. And that means something to him. So when he says to her, like, and and he does, like, you know, he goes out of his way like he always does to protect her, and you know, and she's capable in in her own right. But just when he says to her, like, "I will value your life above yeah. my own," and she believed him, it's and like, he meant it. It's a great character moment.
1: It's like this movie knows how to communicate to the audience that you, you know, like the themes and the the value of. You know the importance of family, <laughs> and, or your team, your friends, and important without without spoon feeding it to us and saying the word. Like, are you talking about in the Fast and Furious? I mean, I'm trying not to continuously shit on that franchise. I love it. I love Fast and Furious. It's great, but this is it. Just does things, everything just better. But like on that with with Grace's character, like again, a bit more realism there, like. Going back to the train, oh, that whole sequence, everything on the train, it's fantastic, everything that's going on. But there's the bit where you know she almost gets taken out. You know, Ethan flies through the window on his parachute, but then once he, you know, grounds himself. You know, little the fight, Biff is over, and he, he says to her, "Like, are you okay?" And she's just frazzled, and she's you know she's shaking it off. She's it looks like she's about to. She's trying to be brave, but then she's also you know. She, holding back something and she's kind of like yeah and then she just shakes her head and she's like no like i'm not like this is like this isn't <laughs> this isn't right like this is wrong again that kind of reaction to the circumstances i'm like again it's that realism that's pulling you and being like yeah again it's just it's just something else it's not your typical like something crazy happened yep brush it off we're all good yeah we're on to the next set piece i agree next.
0: yeah it, it is it, it's, it's, it's doing, doing like
1: that it's those small moments so it's, like, it's
0: doing yeah. something extra and that's it like again i was saying before how you know the mission films they've they've gotten known for the big stunts but it's those smaller moments as well you know whether it's the key whether it it's character together. motivations yep. it just put it all together before when you said theme my mind did go to the Mission Impossible theme, which is incredible. (laughs) The same one they had in the TV show and in this. And, you know, the opening of this movie, I mentioned, 28 minutes until the opening credits. But before that, when you've got Ethan and he's in the desert, he fires his gun, I believe, three times, and it's to the beat of the Mission Impossible theme. Just little stuff like that. It's pretty... Boom, yeah, boom, boom. that's it's yeah. the it's. It, do you know why it's just if you notice but it, it's a ridiculous thing. <laughs> but, but it, but it's not gonna distract you. Like if you didn't notice it, you're just watching the movie. The character's firing his gun, but he the the sound was to the to the theme of the Mission Impossible. Oh, I love it.
1: Insanity.
0: I think we could just talk for hours about <laughs> about this movie, but um. It is part one. We're going to get part two, and I think it's evident from you know what we've just talked about here that we're both very much looking forward to part two. Just going back to how we didn't get a cliffhanger, didn't feel cheated. I'm really looking forward to part two. I mean, they have been you know promoting this movie, so they took time away from filming part two, and they're pretty much filming them back to back. And as soon as they've finished doing press for this movie, they're going to go and continue part two in each due out, same time next year. You don't have to wait too long.
1: I mean, press has, you know, doing press has probably stopped, I would say. And
0: um, I mean, okay, up until recently. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, up until recently. I mean, what about um, Oppenheimer? Like, yeah, the cast in the UK walk in the red carpet and then they disappeared as Nolan was about to, you know, open the movie and talk to the crowd. Anyway, that's a, a separate conversation. They were pretty much finished what they needed to do. It was fine. I know, ah, but though. normally the cast had come out with the director. But yeah, yes. Anyway, <laughs> this movie will get finished. Uh... <laughs> Hopefully, we'll get to see it same time next year. They'll be fine. We I mean, keep in <laughs> mind, funny. right? Obviously, this film got hit hard with COVID. Like they were mm. shooting this movie in 2020, like strictest of conditions, and then it got delayed a couple of times, and then finally this year we get part one.
1: I just I can't keep I can't keep up with all these unprecedented events affecting my movies, man. It's all too much. So yeah, bring on part two. Hopefully sooner rather than later, because as much as this is, again, contained, I'm very satisfied with where it did end because it does feel like cool that chapter is closed, but it leads into the next thing. That's the perfect way to do a part two. It's still the same story, just the next part. I'm pumped. Can't come soon enough. Where is it? I I kind of wish it was already made and it was coming out next year. That would be ideal, but obviously... Not the case.
0: I mean, the current release date is same time next year, so crush your fingers. Hopefully, that's still the case. But this movie, though, if you're going to rate it out of five.
1: Look, I mean, like, like I said, look, the only things I can sort of ping it for, if anything, was just like, look, there's some scenes where the dialogue is a little bit hokey. It's overplayed. It's over- it just to drum up the drama. But, look, I get sucked into it. Like after the founders, just like, yeah, you know what? It, it did what I think they're, they're achieving it to do. But look, everything else about this is insane. Like, I can't remember what I've rated previous Mission Impossible movies, but I think the most recent ones have been pretty high up there. I don't know if I've given full marks before, but I'm going to do it today. I had such a fantastic thrill ride of a time. Two hours, 45 minutes. Where did it go? I have no idea. That whole sequence on the train, all the other set pieces. Oh everything in the airport like that whole uh, so much just tension and crazy stuff but also fun this movie is so much fun things just feel real and again there's all those little moments that just add to it elevate this movie above other blockbuster action films like this is an action movie you know it's a even though it's winter here it's a summer blockbuster you know Hollywood um And it's a five-star one. It is a freaking five stars all the way. I'm doing it.
0: Again, I saw this before you did. (laughs) And I was just thinking he needs to see this movie. (laughs) But we didn't talk about it. We never do until we do these reviews. And I'm like, so I didn't want to show my hand at all. Um, Yeah. I, I loved every minute of this movie. I mean, people and rightly so they hold fallout up in such high regard and that really is a fantastic movie and maybe i even gave that a five i'm definitely giving this one a five i got to the point where my anticipation was so high i was a little bit concerned because i'm like because sometimes <laughs> if you can get to the point you can where only go you, down. you can only no go down no matter how good this movie is can it possibly be better than the movie that I've imagined in my mind? Imagine the movie that it could be. And it just exceeded all expectations. It did everything that I that I wanted it to do. It's action-packed, you know, it's thrilling. And you're right, there probably is more comedy beats. I mean, just having a yellow car is funny in itself, <laughs> and a small yellow car in Rome. Like it's just it just absolutely worked for me to the point where I just wanted to go back in again and watch it a second time. And then I thought, Oh, what I actually want to do is I'm going to go back and do a full rewatch of the mission movies, which I did just before watching the reckoning. I did all six ahead of seven and I wanted to go back and start again, but I thought I'll hold off because we're going to review it. But I had an itch. I wanted to scratch. So last night, I watched Jack Reacher again. The first Tom Cruise, Jack Reacher film, just to tide me over before doing this review. And I'm going to go back and do a full rewatch. I love this franchise. I love this movie. And it's it's a five out of five. It it was just a thrilling experience at the cinema. And again, like such a brisk two hour, thir- well, two hour 45 minutes. It went by so quickly. And, ah, oh, it's just brilliant absolutely brilliant i've been talking to people at work and they're like oh well maybe my husband's gonna go with my kids but i'm not gonna go i'm like honestly you really should go and on the back of that recommendation they have and thoroughly really enjoyed it i mean this movie doesn't need <laughs> me it's doing it's doing well enough at the box office but it's, it's, bigger it's, than you. But it's a film that just people should just know like it, it's it's great and some people prefer to wait for streaming you know they'd rather just watch something in the comfort of their own home and a lot of movies work just as well at home as they would do on the big screen i mean again like the size of some of um people's tvs at home are getting bigger and bigger but still, oh, like I this wouldn't... movie i'm happy to screen. watch
1: this again you know it's big on, screen on my big screen at home which is still shit compared to the one <laughs> but i'm yeah, so and it's fine. i did get to see it on that big screen
0: but that it's first good, viewing. It it is, and it's and it's what they set out to do, and it's what they, and they've absolutely achieved. They wanted to make a film to watch in the cinema and with a big group of people. Like it's great to watch with an audience. Ah, oh, amazing! Like I, I can't believe it, and I'm I'm so happy that you had the same experience as me. I thought maybe <laughs> I'm going to absolutely love it, and you're going to be like, "Oh, it's fine." But yes, wow, <laughs> a five from the two of us. And last year for me, favorite movie of the year top gun maverick and so far, oh, there you go
1: uh, tom cruise got a weird thing for tom cruise that's well that's so far time. though
0: i mean i know it's july but he's two for two like you know mm. we've got other movies to come out later in the year but this is going to be a tough one to beat.
1: i mean he clearly just he just gets the cinema experience like that's what it's all about right
0: and he loves popcorn there you go <laughs>
1: and he loves popcorn
0: Well, that's it for our review of Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. If you haven't already, check out our other shows, Rewind and Review and Sounds Like Comics. Each of those shows also have their own Facebook pages.
1: If you missed it, be sure to check out our recent review of Indiana Jones and The Dial of Destiny, and stay tuned for our upcoming review of Barbenheimer. That, of course, is two reviews, Barbie and Oppenheimer.
0: Which is interesting. I've said already, I've seen Barbie. You've seen Oppenheimer. So we need to swap this (laughs) weekend. Yes,
1: before we end up recording these ones, we've got to watch the other movies. So Barbie is, yep, this weekend. I'll be there.
0: You've been listening to Luke.
1: And you've been listening to Jason.
0: We're the guys from that film, shoe. See you soon.